0: 2021, a space odyssey, or uh, I guess I mean mini-golf odyssey, we're looking back at a busy year in miniature on the podcast. I'm Tom, but I also go by Mr. T. I'm a mini-golf appreciator, holy moly alum, and recent competitive putter. Find all the mini golf designs, reviews, and more for myself in the pink putter at a acoupleputts.com and on social media at coupleputts. P.S. You can now find me on the Ladder League on Walkabout Mini Golf under Mr. T. You can line up and kick my butt in that game if you want. Any day, I'm happy to get in some gaming.
1: And I'm Pat, co-founder of the mini golf website and social media conglomerate, The Putting Penguin. The past 20 years, my friend Mandy and I have been covering the world of fun and competitive mini-golf. I also wish I had a chance to put on another holiday-themed mini-golf tournament like we did in 2012. There's always a lot more joyous air to putting with holiday decorations around, music in the air, and a few drinks to go along with it. And hopefully pretty soon, I too will be playing the Ladder League on Walkabout. I don't know if I'll be kicking Mr. T's butt, but I'll be having a good time one way or another. Now, like all good podcasts quite frankly, several bad ones. The end of the year is a perfect time to not have to think much about an episode and just look back at what we did over the past 12 months. So buckle up for our best rehash of mostly stuff we've already talked about with slightly more insight. And since you are already this far in the episode, you just might as well keep listening to us. And while you're at it, hit the subscribe button, give us a five-star rating. So let's start by turning that calendar all the way back almost 12 months to January of 2021. Collectively, as an entire world, we were coming off of what was probably the strangest year in human history, more or less. And for us, that meant, hey, we're looking forward to more holy moly. In 2020, we were a live Facebook format and decided that there was no way we were doing that again. So we decided, hey, let's start a podcast and... That decision was made in January because, as we'll find out, there was a lot of stuff coming up in February. We weren't the only thing to get started in January, though. One of our favorite mobile applications, One Shot Golf, got their robots putting away in that month as well.
0: And as Pat alluded to, in February, we had so, so, so much holy moly. There were 11 episodes that aired and a special with pro golfer Greg Norman all in that month. We might not have recapped every episode in February, but all those episodes aired in Australia and they got full-on Holy Moly in February.
1: And in March, while we didn't get full-on Holy Moly in our televisions, the very important thing is Holy Moly was filming full-on season 3 and Season 4 that entire month. So that's setting us up for all of 21 and into 22 next year.
0: In April, the UK chain of tech-infused mini-golf courses, Putt Shack, opened their first U.S. location in Atlanta. They followed up with another location in Chicago. And in 2022, they're not only opening up a second location in Atlanta, but they're opening ones in Pittsburgh, Boston, Denver, Houston, Miami, Nashville, Scottsdale, and St. Louis, I have a feeling we're going to get to a putt shack in the coming year i'm looking forward to getting to my first us-based puck shack
1: and it's going to be everywhere very exciting in may we see one of the two national miniature golf days so we celebrated accordingly the entire month because we got a chance to circle up with those one shot golf guys just when they went viral and hit it big and speaking of hitting things big also that month cuckoo kangaroo released their
0: in our eyes chart topper. Put 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 put, And we had them on the podcast. And so you can go back and listen to that. When we moved into June, we had our second UK mini golf chain move over to the US when Swingers UK opened up a DC location. They're still set to open up a location in New York as well. On top of that, the end of May, beginning of June and start of July, we saw a lot of artist-designed courses open up at museums, including... Kansas City at the Nelson-Atkins, the Chicago area at the Elmhurst, St. Louis at the Sheldon, Minneapolis at the Walker Arts Center, and then in October, O Street played a course in D.C. that was artist-designed and had a haunted theme to it. So lots more artist-designed mini-golf, and we're here for it. July was
1: all about our man Biggie. He won his episode and Throughout the summer, both Tom and I actually had the chance to beat him. So by transference, we must be holy moly winners as well in our own way. But really, (laughs) most of July, we were just out busy playing our respective mini golf leagues, which was pretty awesome.
0: Yeah, and then things dialed up for the tournaments in August, where we had the $1,000 tournament put on by O Street Mini Golf that we'll mention a little bit later, as well as Aaron from O Street, flew out to the Midwest and we met up in Chicago area for the MC Mini Masters tournament that returned after a year off. It was their 24th year, and this is a tournament that's been put on by Mini Golf World record holder and Holy Moly winner and friend of ours, Mick Cullen. It was a blast. On top of it, the first location of the puttery opened up in Dallas, and recently they opened up a location in Charlotte of this adult focused mini golf bar experience. So September kept the tournament
1: train rolling. Pretty much every weekend in September, you could hit up a major, minor, or somewhere in between tournament, including both ours from the putting penguin at Matterhorn mini golf, and Tom's with a couple of putts at the miniest open at Lily Putt. Not only that, we finally got to the season three finale and got to see Rachel
0: take home all the big bucks. Really exciting month for the sport of mini golf. And a great moment for the state of Minnesota, given that Rachel is from St. Paul. October was even bigger somehow in the realm of tournaments. Not only did we have the Masters of Mini-Golf in their 25th year that we all went to, but a couple of putts, Putting Penguin and O Street put on the Mighty Minotaur Tournament over at Mount Atlanticus. And then shortly after, we announced the International Mini-Golf Summit that will happen at Dreamland in April 2022. November is a little bit
1: of a lull in the mini golf world because about all we had to talk about was the Mount Atlanticus recap when we brought on our friend and winner, Highlighter, and Mike co-penguin mandy to talk about that tournament but more importantly we were looking towards the virtual putting again as another season of the putt 18 virtual putting league started and we are going to be wrapping that up pretty much while we're talking about this episode here and i think tom and i are quite happy that
0: this season will be over the way we've been playing indeed i'm glad to be moving into december and moving into a different realm of virtual mini golf and focusing my attention on my oculus headset where i've been playing a lot of walkabout mini golf walkabout joined the mini golf world in 2020 but has really upped the ante throughout 2021 they're releasing their eighth course and with each course they have an easy and hard course if you haven't checked it out and you love mini golf it's great you can play with people around the world and chat with them while you're playing virtually and the motion is pretty real to life additionally later this month Couple of Putts is going to announce our own little tournament for the winter that is going to be called the Coziest Mini Golf Open. Stay tuned. It's going to kick off on Valentine's Day with qualifying and finish on the 20th of February. More to come on that.
1: So in keeping the theme of tournaments, we wanted to dive a little bit more into what were our favorite tournament moments from the year. As we listed off, there was a whole lot that we played uh, throughout the year, specifically September, October, August. And this year, Tom and I were lucky enough to play in several together, which was nice, a bit of a departure from the pandemic year of 2020. (laughs) So we're going to go through what some of our favorite moments were. And I'm going to start off with a personal one was actually when our own tournament in in the fifth year so up until that my season had been okay on the tournament beat but winning another tournament winning any tournament is great and winning one that you've been putting on and administering and beating honestly your friends who have been doing so well in those tournaments as well it's a good feeling so i'm gonna chalk that one up as number one this
0: year (laughs) Probably number one for me is coming in second again in the tournament that we host, the Miniest Open. While I'd hoped to possibly get first, the fact that Sean Brown got a course record of 46 to beat it, and I tied at that time my personal best of 52 in a single round, I was happy to walk away with another medal and having put on a tournament that gave me an opportunity to meet a lot of new mini golf faces in Minnesota, which was probably a highlight of the year. I'm going to credit Matterhorn with giving me the momentum to actually finish
1: really well in the Masters this year for the first time in the several years that I've played it. I finally made the cut to play in the later rounds on the final day, and I actually made the money in the Masters, which is a personal best. So two for two in some of the last tournaments of the year. I'm pretty happy with that.
0: And following in suit, while I also played in the Masters, I definitely didn't come in the money. But being my first year playing it and coming in the top 50 of 70... That exceeded my expectations for what's one of the most prestigious mini golf tournaments in the world. It felt nice to be able to hold my own and not feel like I'm at the bottom, bottom of the pack in a tournament that's got the best mini golfers from around the world. So the Masters to me in my world, two years into playing competitive mini golf was a massive success.
1: My third one, and I actually didn't write this down when I was thinking about stuff, but it when Tom was talking about it, kind of triggered Mount Atlanticus I ended up coming in fourth and that tournament was just so much fun. If you haven't seen it, we've got it live streamed still on the putting penguins Facebook page. And I am diligently working on trying to do some editing, some nice graphics so we can throw it up on YouTube. It was amazing group of times. I was just really happy to end up in any sort of money with a group of players who played and coming right off the heels of uh, doing well in the masters. I, and That's the last tournament I played this year officially. So good way to end
0: everything. I think in the same spirit, the tournament that had the most fun at, you know, was probably somewhere between the $1,000 O Street tournament, which is the first opportunity to play in a tournament with Pat and a national tournament in general. I've never played in a tournament outside of Minnesota before the $1,000 tournament. And I followed it up very shortly afterwards with the McMinney Masters in the Chicago area. And while I didn't win Rookie of the Year and was bested by Aaron Kaminsky, who played great, I did win Best Dressed and had an absolute blast with the fun format that they had and the cool way that they were celebrating the game.
1: The $1,000 tournament was awesome to play in with, Tom. As much as I was trying to defend my win from the prior year and didn't do quite as well as I want, somehow we managed to tie each other, and over on a couple putts, there's a really great three- or four-minute video of our little putt-off, which definitely put a smile on my face after what was an otherwise dampening day from my own putting experiences. But moving on from that, my, my last tournament kind of combination things really isn't anything for me specifically, but in the two big US PMGA tournaments this year, one was the US Open that had gotten moved around a little bit, ended up early in April down in Florida and Matt Male ended up winning. Good friends with Matt on the tournament. I was really excited for him to win it because now he becomes a winner of both the Masters and the US Open because he had previously won, I think in 2015 at the Masters and he's one of the younger players on tour, which is really awesome. So showing some of the uh younger folks trying to take over for some of the more experienced people who've got a few more titles out there and not to be outdone one of the youngest players and has always been one of the youngest players in the US PMga Olivia Prokopova won I believe this is now her third masters and in mm-hmm. an unbelievable fashion goes with a ton of US opens and it's just no matter how many times I've been there to see her win a major tournament it is always exciting and she's always just such a gracious winner Great person to promote our sport and be the face of our sport. And, you know, honestly, it's great to see a woman kicking some of the guy's butts
0: every once in a while. Amen. And for me, the last sort of favorite competitive mini golf thing was just playing in Long Beach Island in a number of different little tournaments. Played at several weekly tournaments that they had at some courses, but on top of it, played one of my favorite courses, which I'll talk about in a little bit, Flamingo Mini Golf, and was invited by our friend Biggie to attempt to beat Biggie for his article that he does for the Sandpaper. And not only did I beat him at Flamingo, I set a personal best with a 29. It is the first time on an 18-hole course that I've ever scored in the 20s. And for me, that was huge. And especially having it happen not only for the Sandpaper article, but on a course that was one that I think I liked the most. It's visually, it's a 60-year-old course, super cool, retro great vibes. And first time playing it, knocked it out of the park. And I think that actually is a great transition into one of the things I really felt was important to talk about this year was we got back out into the world and we got to play a bunch of new courses each. For myself, I played a ton of new courses. I was thirsty to get out in the world And just play as much mini golf as i possibly could and i added it up and it was somewhere in the ballpark of 75 new courses on top of replaying some other courses and there were a lot that i really really loved and so i'm just going to kind of list them off you can go over to a couple of putts and you can see most of them already reviewed and you'll see reviews coming up first one on the list cool crest in san antonio texas if you've never been there it is a treat art deco mid-century mini golf course that is kept in amazing shape with lush greenery they have bananas on some of the trees right now at the course on top of it the putting the feel of it all is just amazing i know a lot of the putt putters really love it and for good reason staying in texas played dreamland in dripping springs for the first time early in the year and boy it is just a unique course The challenge course has three pins on every hole and is huge. And the dream course has got a lot of personality and super fun. There's a good reason why both of us are part of the group of people that are putting on the International Mini Golf Summit later. I'm not going to go through my whole list right away because I want to hear about what Pat really liked this year. Pat, what were the courses you were liking?
1: So I did not nearly travel as much as you did. And most of my travels were actually to New Jersey for better or for worse (laughs) over the summer, whether it was playing in Aaron's tournament or playing against Biggie. So some of the new courses we played there really kind of tickled our fancy. Um, I liked Heartland, which was on Long Beach Island. Um, Maybe not as flashy as the Flamingo one, but really had some very creative designs to their holes and Mm -hmm. hole-in-one type things and was way more than what we expected when we stepped up to the first tee. So it was really awesome. Um, And in that vein, over Ocean City in New Jersey was Seaport Village that was another one where it was like the third course we played on a super hot day practicing for the tournament and just got there and were blown away by how cool they had designed everything and the, the ace tracks and you could score super low on that course but it was really fun and had a whole historical bent to it which you know we love as well and Those were two that, you know, right off the top, I thought, you know, were some of the better ones. And, you know, like Tom said, we're still getting through some of our reviews over at Putting Penguin, but we'll have all of those covered there as well.
0: It's funny because the next two on my list were also New Jersey. Uh, The aforementioned Tea Time where the thousand dollar tournament happened. Absolutely loved it. So many kind of gimmicky, kitschy holes that I think a lot of tournaments don't get played on because... To be honest, there's a lot of ace opportunities, and there's a little bit of luck involved. But over two rounds, it did take some good putting, and it was a blast. And the other one was the other one that I mentioned earlier, Flamingo Mini Golf in Long Beach Island. 60-year-old course, absolutely amazing shape. Just has like a unique kind of cement rim around the holes that sort of funnels the ball in, but you catch that rim wrong. The ball's going to go flying off, and I really like that. There is easy chances for hole-in-ones, but you had to hit the ball right, and pace mattered. So those two were just such a blast, and I think that transitions well into kind of the other group of courses that I traveled to play this summer. So when we knew we had our COVID shots and the time passed where we were three weeks past it, we were like, okay, bucket list has been Panhandle, Florida. The biggest reason why was the Goofy Golf Courses. There's three different unaffiliated Goofy Golf Courses there that are all from the 50s-ish. And most of them are in really great shape. The Pensacola location, the Fort Walton Beach, and the Panama City Beach. They all look totally different. The Pensacola one has some Goonie Golf Holes and some Goofy Golf Holes. Fort Walton Beach has one of the more unique finishes to the two courses where they share hole 17 and 18. And Panama City Beach is just huge. They have these huge obstacles that you can walk inside and they're courses that barely exist in the world anymore. They're part of a whole roadside culture type of courses that frankly, I would love to see people bring those back. They're just so much fun. And all of them had some really great putting opportunities. So those were my favorites, and you'll be seeing a lot of them reviewed on a couple of putts, but you can see the two reviews for our favorite of the three, Panama City Beach, up right now on our website.
1: Of course, juxtapose that to the Goofy Golf that's in Ocean City, New Jersey, which you may just want to play because it's $5 and an experience and
0: maybe not a good way, but you'll definitely talk about it when you're done with it. I've never described a course as being on mushrooms, but that course is... Definitely like experimented with some substances.
1: Very much so. And the last couple of courses I want to talk about, I mean, Tom mentioned tea time, I think you covered everything There was definitely on our list um the other one we talked a a bit about in our calendar section i got a chance to play swingers actually like last week and mandy had played it very shortly after it opened this year as well so we both had a chance and and mandy joined me last week too so it was pretty cool that we had a chance to, to play one of the courses there together and that's just i know there's a lot of those type of courses coming up as tom mentioned with puttery and putt shack but like They're kind of the OG in that space and continue to really knock it out of the park there. So I highly recommend visiting one of their locations. And then kind of my honorable mention, because I love the theme of it. And I think part of why I just didn't like playing it is because it was just really hot that day. And there was a lot of people in it because it was an inside course, but Haunted Golf in Ocean City, like it's got that Tower of Terror horror vibe, which was totally me. And I think if I had a chance to play it with like a little less people and get to spend a little more time, like enjoying the atmosphere, it definitely would have been up there. Um, but that was, that was my honorable mention for all the courses that we had played.
0: I had one more on my list and I go back to Texas was putt pub that opened up in San Marcos. And I really liked, and there's, you're going to see a pattern here that they had a lot of high risk, high reward shots that had a great path to the cup and that you could follow the ball down these tracks right into the cup for a hole-in-one if you hit the ball down there. There's something so satisfying about that ball experience. And they had it in a lot of the holes. There some really clever design and gameplay on the course and just a really great ambiance with swinging chairs at the bar, with all sorts of other pub games, and it was a blast. And I'm just going to finish off with a couple other recommendations from courses that I played if you're traveling around. So if you're in Milwaukee, check out Swing Time Germantown. Seaport Village in Ocean City is fantastic. The aforementioned Heartland in Long Beach Island is great. And I also really recommend Island Golf on Long Beach Island. Really fantastic. If you have an appetite to spend a little bit extra money, Pixar Putt looks amazing and it's traveling around the United States. The caveat I will give to it is it looks amazing They missed the mark a lot on the gameplay, which is too bad because it would be probably one of the best courses I played otherwise. If you're in the Philly area, the newly opened bar mini golf joint, Liberty Grounds, well worth going to. Head out of the city a little bit and definitely get to the Putt-Putt and Clifton Heights. One of the few northern Putt-Putt courses still around. In the Chicago area, I played Big Mini Putt Club, In the Game Hollywood Park, Skokie Sports Park, and enjoyed them all. And in Myrtle Beach, last time around, I'd only seen Mayday and Rainbow Falls, played them and really enjoyed them. And also took on Jungle Lagoon, which I'm hoping to review soon. Kind of a little beat up, but I really love what they did with it. So lots of mini golf around the United States and the world to play. Get out there and play it. And so to paraphrase our good
1: friend from the mini golf world, Richard Gottfried, we're going to stick a fork in 2021 and take a look now towards 2022 and what we have on tap. And Tom alluded to it before, but I think the big thing that is just smacking our windshield coming up is the International Mini Golf Summit, the week of April 20th to the 23rd. You're going to hear a lot about this from us. We're really excited to go down the dreamland, put this on, put on a really big tournament, get a lot of people involved. There's going to be a lot of other ancillary mini golf stuff there, and we're hoping to really lay the groundwork for something that'll be a, a nice yearly event in addition to some of the big tournaments that are out there, both in the United States and in the
0: world. And in general, we're really looking forward to even more leagues and more tournaments. And we'll definitely be talking about them on the podcast. We see them cropping up all over the place in the aforementioned Liberty Grounds and Big Mini Putt Club that opened up. Both of them started leagues. We hope to see this being more of a trend and we're hoping to contribute to supporting that ourselves.
1: It used to be so hard to find leagues and tournaments to kind of keep yourself going. you have seen so dependent on stuff like the USPMGA and Putt-Putt, and now
0: there's just there's too much to play in. It. <laughs> it's funny because when we did our first miniest mini-golf open in 2020, as far as I knew, in the 10 years we had been doing our mini-golf thing in Minnesota, I don't know that there was any formal, open-to-the-public, real tournaments that were out there available to play. We played in some friend group mini golf tournaments, but none of those are really open to the public. So it's been like a real jump to then go into having leagues and having people from those leagues that we're now like gathering and playing with regularly. So it's really nice. We love playing mini golf with new people and hope this trend continues at lots more courses.
1: And speaking of lots more courses, we've alluded to this a few different times, but it seems like the hot thing right now is the mini golf bar experience. We've got putt shack, swingers, puttery, big mini golf club, Liberty. Um, all the, the three previous ones are the big chains that are opening a bunch of stuff throughout the United States and probably more across the world too. We haven't even been trying to follow up on all of that stuff. We've got, Pop stroke that's Tiger Woods backed or designed that's been growing all over the place. And that's yeah, you know, really just from a chain perspective. We still see constantly more local places opening, the mom and pop type shops. Um, so it's I don't know if it's a mini golf boom,
0: but it sure feels like it, and we're here for it. Yeah. And I we've definitely seen it as a couple of putts where we do design and consultation, and we had more inquiries this year than ever before. And we're grateful for it. And we really do hope to see more of the mom and pop places open up. As much as I'm excited to play putt shack and swingers and puttery, pop stroke, I have a feeling that if you go to one of those courses, they're all going to be the same. People in the UK that have told me about putt shacks have said they're pretty cool. But if you go to one, you've kind of been to them all. They look really cool, but they're sort of set up for this kind of cool bar hang. And from what I've been told, the mini golf sometimes can be, eh, where I think where you have these courses that have a little bit more personality and are from people that just are trying out new ideas, by and large, we're seeing a lot more interesting design and fun ways to play the game in those places than the places that are just trying to find the easiest way to kind of replicate and easily make courses. So we'll see what happens in this next year, but uh, hoping 2022 is a good one, and of course, As we mentioned earlier, we got uh, another season of Holy Moly coming up, and hopefully they're going to start casting future seasons because we'd love to see the show continue on.
1: Amen to that. And now we're at our last Big Thoughts mini-golf of 2021. It's the time of year that's about giving and enjoying time with family and friends. We know our little mini-golf podcast won't change the world, but with so much going on out there that's difficult and bad, we hope we're a little ray of audio sunshine in your ears same way mini golf brings joy to so many across the world who actually get a chance to play it so if you can this season try to support causes that help others try to get in around with some family and friends to celebrate and more or less we've made it through another year of the pandemic so i say go out and hit some hole in ones and remember as always in 2022 let's just try to be excellent to each other and with that we're at the 19th hole So until next time and until next year, put one ready.